What's up guys? We have interesting topic today, how to create a million dollar funnel. So I think I need a million. I think everyone needs million uh, except some people. Uh, but I think in most cases we need uh, to uh, sell more. That's why I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Rachel Ngom. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm excited to learn more about that because I check out your profile. You know exactly uh, about this topic. Uh, you have extended experience before we start just tell more about your experience background and why you decided to share with us about a million dollar funnel yeah so my background um i actually have my master's in social work i'm an accidental entrepreneur i we were on food stamps had negative 400 in our checking account when i became an entrepreneur more out of desperation um not really inspiration and grew that business to six figures was in network marketing um that business restructured my income was cut in half and that's when i realized i wasn't really in control and I needed to create multiple income streams. So that's when I started this company. She's making an impact. Um, we've been able to serve over 7,000 students um, all over the world. We've been able to live all over the world. We lived in France and in Senegal, and we've used the money from this business to fund other investment opportunities. So now we run businesses in Africa. We've bought equestrian property here um, and had a lot of fun all along the way. Nice, nice. Love it, love it. Uh, can you tell where to start? For example, if uh, I have a new project, I want to uh, sell more, uh, I need to uh, jump uh, in, uh, let's imagine, a competitive niche, uh, huge competition first. Uh, what I need to do first? How to create this funnel? How to create the funnel, do some market research and figure out what's the niche specifically that you want to be targeting. So who is it that you're serving and what's the transformation that you're going to provide? And then what kind of funnel do you want to create? So our funnel, we've actually have two funnels that have done over a million dollars. One is a webinar funnel and the other is a coaching funnel. So the webinar funnel is um, the one that we can talk about today if you want to dive into that one. And so that one, figure out what specific webinar do you want to be teaching on? What's the topic of the webinar? What's the big takeaway that they're going to get? And you need to be able to communicate that with your audience on that opt-in page. Um, so that's the biggest thing is really figuring out who you're serving, how you're serving them, what the main takeaway is going to be for them to get them to actually opt into that. Mm -hmm. Can you tell more about webinars? Uh, I know that yeah. in most cases, uh, students have no buying mood, uh, but how to sell them if you uh, launch a webinar? Because uh, I remember uh, I've learned a few uh, uh, prominent experts and they shared that you need to change this buying mood during the webinar. For example, when you share value, help them. And in the end, you can tell, okay, guys, if you need more help, I can help you with you. Can you tell about your attitudes? How to sell on webinars? How to sell? Oh, yeah. So how to sell on <laughs> webinars? I always think about how I would want to be sold something. So, I mean, there's experts out there that say like, don't teach at all. It just needs about doing like a paradigm shift or whatever. Um, and that never felt in alignment with me. So I think with every strategy that you learn, because there's a lot of experts out there teaching stuff, it, it needs to feel good and it needs to feel in alignment, right? And so what felt good to me is being able to give my people a paradigm shift and teach a little bit, but not too much where they're going to be like, I'm overwhelmed and I have no idea what to do. So I wanted to give them enough where they could actually take action if they didn't even buy the program. But then if they wanted to learn more and they really wanted to execute on this thing that I'm teaching, then they could buy the program and learn more. Mm -hmm. uh, can you tell how to invite attendees uh, to your webinar? Uh, yeah. What marketing do you use for that? 
Um, depends on how often you're doing the webinar. So if it's just like a one-off webinar, we might be doing, I mean, you could do like JV partnerships where you're having people that are going to be emailing out their list for you and inviting to the webinar. Maybe you give them 50% commission or something like that. Um, mm -hmm. We could email our entire list or our text message list and invite people that way. You could post on social. Um, you could post on Pinterest and talk about the webinar that you're doing on Pinterest. You can post on Instagram, like all the different social places, or you can run Facebook ads. So if you're doing like an evergreen promotion where you're running ads to that thing all the time, Facebook ads are great. Um, that's one of the strategies that we use as well. And so, yeah, there's a lot of different things you could do. Uh, okay, uh, you know, um, I want to ask some questions that uh, my audience often ask me uh, uh, about how to find ideas. For example, uh, if you want to launch a webinar, uh, can you tell how to find great ideas that people are interested with that, they want to learn more about that, uh, your attitudes about finding ideas? So you want to start with the end in mind and think what's the offer that you want to sell? right? So you need to have a product that you want to sell. So mm -hmm. it could be a course or it could be coaching or like anything that you want to offer and then reverse engineer it and think in order to sell this offer, what do I need to teach on the webinar? Right? So mm -hmm. I'll give you an example. Our, the course that we sell on our webinar is how to use Pinterest to double your leads and sales in the next 30 days. Right? So if we're going to teach Pinterest marketing, the webinar is how to use Pinterest to double your leads and sales without, you know, a lot of times the webinar titles, like how to what they want without what they don't want. So it's like how to double your leads and sales without direct messaging strangers, spending millions of dollars on ads that don't convert or like slimy or sleazy sales tactics, that kind of thing. Um, so to figure out the webinar topic, you need to know what the offer is and then think, Okay, for them to buy that offer, what do I need to teach on the webinar? Mm -hmm. Yeah, love it, love it. Interesting. Uh, I found on your LinkedIn uh, that you are passionate about helping uh, the purpose-driving entrepreneur drive real results, uh, traffic, income, impact. Uh, okay, for example, uh, if you need to promote some specific topic, yeah. and uh, I often have such issues when uh, companies uh, are coming to me and uh, tell, you know, I have no experience with creating content, with webinars, with anything else. Uh, and the topic, uh, I don't know, like weight loss supplements, if I don't know anything about weight loss supplements, can you tell how to uh, launch this webinar without any experience? If you wanted to launch a webinar on weight loss supplements, but you don't know anything about weight loss supplements, you want to find somebody who does know something mm. about weight loss supplements. So a good book that I'm listening to right now is Who Not How. And so basically figure out what you want to accomplish and then who do you need to get on board with you to accomplish that thing. So if you, it's fine to do a webinar on something that you don't know anything about, but you want to bring in an expert that does know something about, and then you guys could partner together. Uh, how to find these people? Um, gosh, Instagram is a great place. And so like mm -hmm. we do um, we do like summits or collaborative events where we bring in mm -hmm. experts. And so you could look at who has top ranked podcasts in that space, who has um, big YouTube followings in that space, who has big Instagram followings in that space, wherever they are, I find them on Instagram and I'll send them a DM. So like example, um, I went to an actual uh, conference and one of the speakers really resonated with me. So I sent her a DM on Instagram and I said, Hey, I'd love to get you on my podcast. And that's how I kind of started building the relationship with them. I find Instagram DM is just a really easy way to connect with people. If you try to email them is they might never get it. And so Instagram is usually the best place to go.
Mm-hmm. Love it, love it. Uh, can you share your checklist uh, of launching webinar uh, with pre- practical aspects, like uh, te- te- technical aspects? Uh, what you do? First, second, uh, third? Uh, yeah, h- how to do it, this process? Technical, practical, which part? Because there's a lot of things that go into uh, That's practical. That's more practical. Um, okay, so you want to make sure the opt-in page is optimized. That's one of mm-hmm. the big things. And so you want to make sure that's converting at at least 30 to 50%, depending on if you're taking phone numbers or not. We do take phone numbers um, because it helps increase our show-up rate. So we get both emails and phone numbers, and then we end up sending out emails and texts before the webinar. So that's one of the big things, like making sure the opt-in page is converting at a high level, at least 30 to 50%, if not higher, if you can get it higher than that, awesome. Um, Next thing would be looking at the show up ratio for that webinar. So you wanna get 30% of registrants to actually show up live and attend that webinar live. And so that looks like sending out, so for us on the thank you page, we have like a video, we tell them to add it to their calendar. We actually send them a Google calendar invite. Um, Then we'll send them, we actually use Scipio, it's a text messaging platform. We send them a voicemail um, of me telling them to add it to their calendar and why they need to show up live. Um, We also send out a series of emails and text messages before the event shows up live. So that way we do get, you know, 30% typically every single webinar that we do. So that would be the next thing to make sure. And then with the webinar itself, we talked about doing like the paradigm shift. So what's the one belief that they need to have in order to take action on the thing that you want to offer? And so for me with Pinterest, we need, our people need to believe that they need to have an email list and social media isn't going to help them grow their business. Cause in reality mm-hmm. it's, it's not, they need to have an email list and Pinterest is a way for them to generate leads for free. And so that's the big idea that I want them to have during that webinar. And so I'll be sharing different stories, case studies to to help them understand that they can use Pinterest for their business. And this is going to be a good fit for them. Because a lot of times they come in and they don't know that they can use Pinterest for their business. And there's a lot of, well, will this work for my kind of business? So a lot of the webinar is actually sharing different case studies, testimonials. And then we do go into our four-step process of how you can use Pinterest that we dive in deeper into our program. And then we do the transition of, you know, why you showed up today, what do you need to create? And then we go into the offer. And then one of the big things that we do is we do a 15 minute bonus. So when they buy live on that webinar in the next 15 minutes, they get access to a specific bonus that we offer. And that'll just increase the urgency of them taking action in that moment instead of them being like, oh, I need to think about it. Um, Then after the webinar, we have a series of um, like sales emails that go out for the next 72 hours to, again, create that urgency and let them know this is why you need it. Cart's closing. You need to take action. Mm-hmm. Love it, love it. So valuable. Yeah, I need to think about that. And I'll share this episode with my team because, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> increase sales as well. Yes. Okay, I have uh, the question about Pinterest. Can you tell uh, what is the main difference uh, promoting your brand on Pinterest with other social media? Yeah, so when you think about using Facebook or Instagram, you are posting there usually like people are on that platform to connect with friends and family, not necessarily to buy something. And then when you post on that platform, it's going to disappear 
uh, within 24 hours typically, right? And then 0.01% of your audience actually sees it. So it's a lot of, it's a lot of time spent on something that's going to go away. With Pinterest, you can create content, put it on that platform, and a pin will last 1,600 times longer than a Facebook or Instagram post. And so we literally still have thousands of people coming to a blog that we haven't touched in four and a half years and still mm-hmm. making sales from that blog because of the longevity of the platform. So it's a search engine platform. And so if you can understand keyword strategies and what people are searching for, that's when you have the opportunity to show up at the top of Pinterest. So think of it like a visual Google and that your content lasts for you over time. Mm-hmm. Uh, what kind of tools do you use to find these keywords for Pinterest? There's no tool. You just use the Pinterest uh. search bar and you start typing in and Pinterest will autofill and tell you what you need. So you don't really need any extra SEO tools for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, how to unite this keyword research with a sales funnel? For example, uh, I want to tell why I'm asking about that. For example, uh, if I promote SEO, let's imagine this uh, keyword, I, I'm not sure that I can get clients with that because uh, it's not related to SEO services. You know, it's uh, uh, far away from that. I think big companies uh, that sell software as a service, you know, yeah, they can take this keyword. What about Pinterest? For example, if I search for keywords, I, how do I know that these keywords are related to my business? Yeah. So if you go to Pinterest and you start typing in the search bar, you'll see Pinterest will start to autofill things and it'll show you what people are actually searching for on the platform. So you can actually just do your own research by typing stuff in there and you'll see what shows up on the platform. So example, you could search for how to do keywords on Pinterest and you can see that actually autofills and you'll probably see one of our pins at the very top because that one has stayed at the top for a long. It's a long tail keyword. So that means it's a short phrase that people are actually searching for on the platform. So if you ever want to know like, are people actually searching for this? Just start typing in and Pinterest will autofill it. And then you can actually just search and see what kind of content showing up here. How could you create content that's actually better than what's already here? How could you kind of stand mm-hmm. out? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. If, if I have keywords, uh, the next step, I need to create content uh, yes. related to these keywords. Uh, and uh, can I use stock pictures? Do you think it's a good idea or not You know, on Pinterest? Test. Marketing is about testing. And so <laughs> you got to test and see if it works for you. On Pinterest, you can do you can do stock images. Um, you can do video pins. What works really well is having big, bold text on that image. Um, but animated image and video images work really well um, also. So I would just test it out and maybe just do like one blog post, but do a static image, do a video pin, do an animated pin and um, see what works best. Mm-hmm. Love it, love it. Uh, can you tell about uh, some aspects, for example, uh, on LinkedIn or uh, YouTube, you need to be consistent. You know, when you create uh, content uh, all the time, engage with the audience, you can get results. Uh, the, uh, I'm using this way, you know, to promote my LinkedIn account. What about Pinterest? Do you need to be like, uh, do, do you need to create content consistently or uh, it's better to use other methods to grow your uh, social media followers? Yeah, I mean, it's good to be consistent in anything that you're doing. Um, I'm mm-hmm. a huge proponent of you got to be consistent and show up. With Pinterest, you can schedule stuff out. So it's not like you have to show up every day and be pinning stuff. You can spend a half an hour a month and just get things scheduled. So it's pinning every day without you actually having to sit there manually pinning every day because that's super tedious and I don't want to be doing stuff like that. So I would say pin consistently. Um, and I will add that 
what I found with search engine platforms like Google and YouTube and Pinterest is that if you do a lot of the upfront work, it tends to last for you over time. So like we're, our pins are still getting repinned on stuff that happened four and a half years ago. YouTube videos that I created four and a half years ago are still getting views. Stuff that we put on Google that long ago is still getting views. So that's why I always say use a search engine platform like Pinterest um, as opposed to Facebook or Instagram because it's just going to last so much longer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, got it. Love it. Yeah, it's like to create evergreen content. Uh, okay, can you tell uh, what businesses don't need to do on Pinterest? For example, uh, some black hat techniques uh, or uh, obsolete techniques. What shouldn't they do on Pinterest? Yeah, what what is better to avoid? Um, I mean, don't create spammy content. Don't post the same picture over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. um, Pinterest likes fresh content. So creating newer content and um, creating, uploading newer graphics for it is great. Um, I would just say like, if you just, it's like with everywhere, just show up and add value. Don't be a spammer because people don't like spammers um, mm -hmm. and you'll grow. Okay, got it. Yeah. Uh, what what about engagement with the audience? For example, uh, I usually uh, reply to questions uh, in social media groups uh, or uh, using uh, using some hashtags. You know about yeah. SEO. I can engage with people. How to build relationships on Pinterest and how to engage with others to invite audience to my account. Yeah, so Pinterest is a little different because it's not really a social media platform. It's not super engaging. You can leave comments on pins. And I think if you did that, that could set yourself apart because it doesn't happen that often. So you can do that. Um, and then you could have on your website, there's... Um, I think it's called Milo tree or something like that, like a widget that you can add to your website where people can follow you directly on Pinterest from that, that widget. Um, so, and then you could always say like, you could, we've done this in the past where you create a blog post and you send an email to your list and you have the, the link for them to pin it and save it for later. Mm -hmm. Yeah, got it. Uh, you mentioned a few times about email list. Can you tell how to, uh, get this email list i mean like uh, because you mentioned that if you have no your email list you can uh, cooperate with others uh, your experience about that uh, how to gain your and how to cooperate with others oh yeah so email list is the most important asset that you have in your business so it's really important that you're growing your list consistently all the time and that you stay in contact with your email list because social media your account could disappear tomorrow um, it could get hacked you could be put in facebook jail it could be taken away from you or the logarithm could shift yeah. so you have to have an email list it's what you own and what you control because um, you don't own instagram you don't own facebook so those platforms could disappear yeah screwed. Um, so with an email list, we do several, we actually teach a three-step approach within our program Activate. So the first step is how can you leverage other people's audiences to grow yours quickly? So that looks like you hosting your own collaborative event or a summit. So we hosted something called the Smarter Income Stream, where we're bringing in all these different experts and we're teaching on one specific topic, how to create more passive income in your business. And so what happens is those speakers end up emailing their list to help us build our list, right? Right. Um, so that's one thing that you can do. Another thing you can do is another way to leverage other people's audiences doing podcasting. Right. And have some kind of a, a freebie or something. So when someone asks, hey, how can we connect with you? Have the link to the freebie and say, hey, go to freepinterestclass.com or something like that. Um, using creating content and using tools like Pinterest, 
Google um, to grow your email list. So if you go to any of our blog posts, we always on our blog, it's optimized for building our email list, not a newsletter that's at the bottom of our blog. It's very clear when you, you know, it's something that's related to the content that we've created. And we have a, a link where it's like, hey, if you want to learn how to do X, Y, and Z at an even deeper level, make sure you get this free thing. And so we reference it several times throughout the content that we're creating. We have a pop-up as well, because sometimes people need to be hammered over the head with it a few times before they actually take action. And you got to tell them what you want them to do. Um, with marketing, you got to lead them and tell them, hey, this is the next step for you. So within every content that you're doing, let's say you're doing this podcast, you could give an opportunity in the podcast to say, hey, have you gotten my free video, free cheat sheet, free training, whatever that is, go to easy to remember url.com to get it now. So you can use your podcast as an opportunity to do that too. Basically have it everywhere and reference it all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, let's imagine that uh, the target audience are busy people. For, for example, uh, I have no time to check out my email. Uh, yeah, I usually do it, but uh, I open emails from my colleagues, yeah. uh, customers, because yeah, uh, it's hard to find time to open a hundred other emails. I don't know yeah. who are they. Yeah, probably I subscribe, probably they found me online. Can you tell how to personalize uh, email message and how to give a strong reason to click uh, on your email. Yeah, I love this. So one of the most important things is the subject line. So your subject mm -hmm. line is the most important thing to actually get them to open the email. Because if they don't open it, they're not going to read it. You, you waste your time. So the email subject line, we use a tool called the Advanced Marketing Institute to test the emotional marketing value of that email subject line. Um, so that's the thing number one. Thing number two, create content that's personal, that tells stories, and is very you. So like, the content that we create in email, it's very personal. I'm not saying anything like you guys. It's not newsletter format. I'm really bringing people into my world. And so I might share stories on struggles that I faced to get them to just connect with me a little bit more and create content that's relatable. So some of the most responded to emails that I've had are some of the ones that maybe I felt actually uncomfortable writing because um, I was like, oh, I feel vulnerable. I don't want to share this. But when I did, I got so many people respond back of like, oh my gosh, I'm praying for you or I did this too or I'm feeling the same way. And that's going to get them to connect with you and want to open up future emails that you have. And so don't think of it of I'm creating a newsletter blast. Think of it as an intimate way that you can connect with your audience. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, can you tell uh, how to write this email? I know it's not simple. Uh, yeah. And I remember Mark Twain, you know, when he uh, told that uh, I have no time to write a short email. Uh, that's why I'm writing <laughs> long email. But, you know, uh, it's really hard to write short email. And I know that people uh, have no time to check out the whole emails. They usually, if they see a short email, friendly email, they can open, read and click. Can you tell from your experience? Because I know some experts uh, uh, and they told me uh, they are good with long emails. So I think it depends on your skills, how you can write this email, your pra best practices to write email. Yeah, know your audience and know, do they like short emails? Do they like long emails? My audience is a lot of busy moms. And so they like short, sweet to the <laughs> point. And that's like one of my superpowers is keeping things really concise. And so my emails are typically really short, sweet to the point. I might um, lead with like a hook that's going to get their attention that wants them reading more. And then I might dive into like a problem that they're facing or why, why they should care. And then a call to action of what they should do next. Um, I've also done emails where let's say I'm out walking the dogs 
and I have an idea, I might actually record an audio email for my team to put into the email and then they click in the email to listen to the audio email. So then that didn't take me really any time because I was just out walking the dogs. So it's just think outside the box and get creative. You don't have to do things the way everyone says you need to do them. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Uh, you remind me um, one thing when, you know, uh, one of my clients, uh, uh, he uh, hired a PhD specialist in writing. Uh, and this guy uh, was around, I don't remember, like 60, 60, uh, 60 years, you know, old. And he wrote the text uh, how to play online games for kids, you know. And uh, uh, the you know, uh, he used many different techniques, but he didn't know about these online games. He didn't play, you know, and when you told that uh, your audience uh, moms, yeah, uh, so you can understand them, you can write the right email. Can you tell how to find people who can understand your audience? Because, you know, um, many uh, people don't know uh, or have no time with that. How to find people who can write this awesome email uh, according to your audience? Like finding a copywriter? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I would ask for references on different copywriters. So the copywriter that we use was a recommendation from a friend. Um, and then I would just give them feedback. So you make sure that the content that they're writing, it's in your voice. Because I think that's one of the most important things that will allow people to connect with you is that they're reading the email and they can hear your voice as they're reading it. And so you don't want it to be generic. And as you're talking about someone who's a PhD, I'm like, Ooh, I bet he's not very good at writing emails because he's so academic. And typically that'll yeah. actually hurt um, your conversions because with marketing, you want to write at like a fourth grade level. You don't want to be writing uh, really sophisticated in speaking. Like you don't want to be using big words and really sophisticated language. You want to be thinking in terms of how can I connect with my audience and you can't connect with them if you're being super fancy. Mm -hmm. uh, can you tell uh, your loving tools, uh, for email marketing, uh, do you use some special tools uh, or just Gmail? Uh, I don't know, or any others? Yeah, we use Active Campaign. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, what kind of benefits with this tool? What do you mean? Uh, I mean, like, uh, we have many different uh, email tools today MailChimp, Bustream, Pagebox, a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, what is the reason why you're using this tool? Um, we use it because in terms of automations, you can create mm -hmm. really specific pipelines and send people. So let's say like they bought something, you can send them in one pipeline. And then let's say they clicked on another link to they wanted to learn more about this. They could end that pipeline, join another pipeline. So in just in terms of like systems and automation, it does a really good job. Um, honestly, it was way over my head. So that's when I hired uh, our Ariana, our OBM, to start doing all of that stuff. So I don't go in there anymore, luckily. <laughs> Got it, yeah. Okay, I have the question about, uh, for example, if you started today, without any experience, knowledge, skills, uh, what will you do to learn more about Pinterest and email marketing? I would hire a coach that could help me figure it out quickly. I think that's, I mean, time is money and a coach can compress decades into days, like when you have the right strategy. So just hire a coach to teach you what to do. Um, and I would make it my goal every day to build my email list. And I would rely on that coach to teach me the strategy on how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got it. Uh, yeah, can you tell how to find this coach? Uh, because uh, we have many different uh, coaches today. Uh, a lot of them, uh, best practices possible. How to find them? 
ask for <laughs> referrals. Um, and also, I mean, listen to your gut instinct. So like when I found my coach, my first one, um, I've had quite a few over the years, I just had this feeling of like, I need to work with this woman and working with a coach that's expensive, like, cause you're paying for somebody's time and a lot of their knowledge that they've invested in. Um, so it was really expensive to work with her, but I knew like, if I wanted to grow, that's what I needed to do. And I would never be here if I didn't make that investment into myself. Nice. Nice. Love it. Uh, do you have experience with uh, AI tools? Uh, because, you know, uh, for example, I'm using them uh, to create content, but I usually edit a lot because it's hard to get high uh, results with that. What do you think about AI tools? Can you give an example? Uh, Market Muse, uh, Reader, uh, Copy AI, tools that uh, uh, create content. You know, for example, you can write some uh, keywords, uh, headlines, you know, and they can create the text that you can use for email newsletter. By the way, they can create for newsletter. If you have experience with that. No. Um, as you're saying that, I I mean, maybe it'll be sophisticated enough at some point that it could work, but I feel like one of my superpowers is being able to connect with people through authenticity, which means mm -hmm. I have mistakes in my emails and typos and um it's really in my voice and I feel like AI couldn't capture that at this point, maybe in the future, but we haven't really dove into that. Yeah, I agree with you, with you. you know, because AI tools can create uh, high quality content. They just create mm -hmm. mediocre content, rewrite online. And yeah, for my experience. It misses, it... Yeah, like you don't want to, I've done this before. You don't want to over automate your business because then you lose out on the human connection which is ultimately what's going to make people want to work with you in the first place and so you want to be thinking in terms of how can i connect with people in this moment um automation is great and i think it serves a time and a place but you don't want to over automate things mm -hmm. yeah totally uh I'm interested about the future. What kind of future in digital marketing can you predict for us? Uh, yeah, because of your experience, what do you think? I think only God knows at this point. Um, things change so quickly. And so I think it's a matter of, you know, I've coached some of our students on this. When you find a strategy that's working, go all in on it because pretty soon it won't work anymore. And then you're going to have to figure out something else to do. So like when something works, go all in and then you have to be resourceful and adapt adaptable uh, so that when that strategy doesn't work, you got to figure something else out next. Um, I think text message marketing, voice technology, those are some things that are coming up. But I also think like with COVID and with the rise of technology, people also want more human connection too. So I see like live events playing a big role coming back um, post COVID if people just want human connection. Mm -hmm. Yeah, love it, love it, nice. Uh, and I have the final question, uh, your best practices on Pinterest marketing. Uh, what uh, businesses need to do to get results uh, on Pinterest for, according to your experience? Focus you can, on, mm -hmm. yeah, focus on creating great content that's going to bring them to your blog. Um, and mm -hmm. then within the blog, have a freebie where they can opt in to get on your email list. Don't focus on going for the sale right away because it takes, you know, 17 touches for someone to see your stuff to actually become a paying client. So focus on the long game of building your email list. Um, 
and just create really great quality content that's going to want that person to stick and become a raving fan. Um, focus on, gosh, just testing stuff out on the platform and having fun with it and really focus on doing a lot of keyword research so you can find the right keywords and really optimize for your business. And yeah. um, I think it works for every business. Like I've seen, I've, I've seen authors like sell out their books. I've seen people that sell stuff on Amazon, triple their sales. I've seen artists. I've, I've spoken at real estate conferences, teaching realtors how to use it. Um, we've sold high ticket coaching packages on with people that found us on Pinterest. So like we've seen so many different industries use it. So I think it's just a matter of get started now because it is more of a long-term game. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes, you know, three to six months to start seeing traction. So just create content on a consistent basis, which you should already be doing, and then take it, repurpose it, put it on Pinterest. Mm -hmm. Love it. Uh, by the way, we have uh, the final collaboration from Suhil. Yeah, and he want to know, uh, yeah, probably we discussed about the future, and he want to know about the future on his niche. Uh, he, he is a label, a package designer. Is it possible for him, good for future? What do you think? <laughs> I, I'm not, I don't have like a crystal ball, so I can't tell you. I would just be thinking in terms of a lot of things are going to be automated in the future. So things like packaging, labeling, eventually they're going to find ways to automate that. So I would be looking, we're always looking at how can create multiple income streams. So you're not just mm -hmm. in one industry. So find, find your money machine. Like for us, we use our online business, our coaching business as a money machine to fund other businesses and other opportunities. So that way we're not just relying on one income. We have multiple things coming in. And that's one of, I think the biggest things for the future is, nobody knows what's going to happen like the future like everything changes so quickly so it's just a matter of not being only in one industry you got to be in multiple things um, and have multiple income streams coming in mm -hmm. love it love it Rachel it's a big pleasure to get on my show to learn from you tell our audience how they can reach out to you learn more about you follow you yeah, so we have our podcast, the She's Making an Impact podcast. And if you want to learn more Pinterest stuff, you can just go to freepinterestclass.com and I'll teach you our four-step strategy to double in your leads and sales over the next 30 days. Nice, guys. You need to do it. Yeah, you can see that a lot of valuable insights. You know, yeah, if you want to double your business, get more traffic and sales, you need to follow Rachel. Uh, take part on this podcast and learn more about that. Thanks again. You know, it's a big pleasure to learn from you. Uh, guys, you can find all these links in the description below. Listen to us on Apple, Google, Spotify, and see you next time. Thanks.